The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fast my good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line today. We're open line through till once, so whatever's on your mind, call 66 13 68, text 166 WhatsApp on the same number, or email studio at manxradio.com. Lucy Chapman and Lee Morris were here yesterday from the Manx Wildlife Trust. You want to follow up on anything they had to say? Everybody seems to be very excited about the Wallabies. I don't know, are you pro or anti-Wallaby? And if you're in the north of the Alamein, if you're domiciled around the north, how often do you actually see Wallabies? Do you see them on, I mean, on a daily basis, weekly basis? Do they show themselves? Are they friendly? What do they do? What do they eat? 600 wallabies. And and I mentioned yesterday, you know, it's facetious, if you like. It's, it is a, a light-hearted story, and Australian TV crews love to know that we've got wallabies when they come over and follow the TT. But uh, is it really good for the ecosystem on the Isle of Man? Just a thought, anyway, wallabies and lots more to talk about for or anti-wallabies. It's an Isle of Man story. And Howard's with us today. Hi, Howard. Hello, Andy. Um, just partially following on from yesterday with the uh, Manx Wildlife Trust, etc. But down, uh, this is something I raised last year on your program, and it's for the... Um, Portishee Meadow, where the trees are down there, uh, run a parallel with the road from Quarter Bridge to Bratton Bridge. Yeah. And they are a special tree in so much that they were planted there in 1935. And it's a, there's a plaque at the Quarter Bridge. It's getting a little bit covered with ivy now. But it said, this line of trees was planted to commemorate the Silver Jubilee of King George the fifth. Whereabouts, the is, whereabouts is the plaque, Howard? You would have to walk to it. Um, you know the gate that goes into Portishee Meadow, right on the roundabout? There's a, a gate leads into Portishee Meadow. Right, it's, yeah. Very rarely open, and it's just on the bridge itself, and the plaque is there on the wall. It's um, It's slate. It's hard. You, you'd have a job to read it if you're driving because you're concentrating. Yeah. But um, if you just stop, say, go into the Quarterbridge car park and walk back to it, um, it's there on just alongside that metal gate that leads into Portishee Meadow. Right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll make a, a point. So, really, you've got to be walking to look at it. You have in uh, for safety because you're going. To, if you stop there with a the car, you're going to cause hazards. You're going to cause problems. But if you nip into the Quarterbridge car park, park there and just walk back. It's on the wall, and that plaque is quite clearly put there. And it says, this line of trees, as I've just said, was planted to commemorate the Silver Jubilee. And that was in 1935. So those trees are cracking on for 90 year old now. Who, who owns Portishee Meadow, Howard? Do you know? I don't think I do. 
Yeah, it's all part of the Drinkwater Estate. The oh. Kirby, yeah. Right. Um, it's a vast area that they owned. They actually owned the properties and lands right out to Baldwin. Uh, because where you get the Sir George's Bridge, that was part of the family Sir George. And he contributed to the construction of that bridge. And that was all on their lands. But they have cleared that what it is... They're weed trees, as you would term them, because they're self-seeded and they're growing up alongside the wall and they're going to grow up underneath these trees. They're already eight to ten feet tall now. This is the second time they've been cut down. Yeah. Um, and they're going to destroy the whole base shape of the trees, the uniqueness of them. And um, they're not just an ordinary tree, as we say, they're... Uh, they're put there specially and for a purpose. And even now, I've just come through that way. The Oak Jubilee tree, the one that they're, they're working around at Braddon Bridge, that was also put up around about the same time. Isn't it funny uh, that uh, thousands of people travel that road every day? Hmm. And I'll be honest with you, until you mentioned it, I'd, it was out of my mind. It's something that you just take for granted. It's a fine line of trees. And this is, again, one of the uniqueness or the unique parts of the island where we have a line of trees like that. And again, it's part of our heritage. Everything links into the heritage. And it's not so many years ago, the Department of Agriculture, I think they were called then, they were successful in prosecuting someone that was cutting the bottoms of the trees off without permission and limbing them up about 10, 15, 20 feet up. They were up in the tree. I saw them. And they were successfully prosecuted and fined several thousand pounds for um, cutting trees without permission. And those are the ones, and that's where you would go in that gate is where they were cutting them. But uh, for those trees to be, how can I say, destroyed, the shape of them destroyed just by minor neglect it's a job that can be done in a couple of days or even a day if you put your mind to it these weed trees they're blown seeds they're like a sycamore and we all know how uh, destructive uh, a sycamore can be and they're going to grow six to eight feet in a year now once they've got themselves established again so presumably is this the this is the responsibility of the landowner As I say, the Department of Agriculture, I think that's what they were calling themselves at the time, were able to prosecute somebody on that land. So it's going to have to be a joint effort, an amicable agreement, amicable agreement between both the Kirby estates and whatever they're going to call themselves these days, DEFRA or something like that. And that way, our heritage can be protected. And, you know, they are a beautiful set of trees, and they're saying about growing trees, growing trees, well, these are, well, they're nearly 90 years old now, and they should be protected. Yeah, and, I mean, the one thing that sprang to my mind is how they, they, they frame perfectly for a shot of the TT, don't they? When people are, when, when anybody's exiting Quarterbridge down to Braddon Bridge, mm-hmm. you've got trees both sides, it looks fantastic. Yeah, well, that's probably where the seeds have come from because they're, they're we used to call them helicopters, sycamore seeds, and they they float, and it's the way nature intended them. 
But these anything that grows where you don't want it, they consider it a weed. And these trees will be very destructive on the shape and even the possibility of survival of those plain trees, as they call them. So um, please, could somebody out there nudge somebody that knows what they're talking about and knows what can be done to protect our uniqueness. Okay, all right. Well, if anybody knows, then by all means do get in touch. But certainly yeah. that's something we wouldn't want to lose those trees and we wouldn't want it uh, the, the kind of shape of them changed in any way. No, well, nature's taken that shape and that's the shape of those specific trees and they grow beautifully and they look well. And the last time I actually come on your programme about this, they were still in leaf. So that's how long ago it is and there's been nothing done. Okay, all right. Thanks, Howard. Thanks for your help, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Good Take to hear from you. It's a quarter past 12 on Manx Radio. Will's on now. Hi, Wilf. Hi, uh, hi, uh, oh, isn't it Elder Statesman I should be called now? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, I was down I was down Laxey on Sunday, and I specifically had a look at the beach, and a lot of the stones now is back up more or less where they were, and the stones flung up onto the promenade again. Now... <clears throat> The people that did the job down there, obviously they did what their government told them to do. They wouldn't do it on their their own bat what to do. They actually must have been told to do it. And all they've done is shove the stones about on the beach. And now they're back where they were. A a real good uh, easterly blow will put them all back where they were. The only answer to that is you must take them stones away. Otherwise, it's it's just a, a... well, uh, an expensive experiment. Yeah. And then the government can say, oh, well, we've done that now, and it didn't work. They have to be taken away. It's the same in Douglas. They must be taken away. And you can forget all this wall building. They wanted to build a wall in Laxey, but the people in Laxey said, we don't want it. And I asked the people in Laxey on Sunday, had the stones been taken away, and nothing's been taken away. It's back to where it was, more or less. Anyway, that's one thing. The other thing was, I've got the paper here, and I've written a uh, consultation into the into Bishop Vote launched. It says yes. Now, uh, the last bit of it here it says um, the constitution. Hang on, the constitution can be found on W.W. Hooper Hooperatum or something. Comes cons. Oh, I can't read that. And uh, paper copies can be obtained from the clerk of Tinwell office for a small printing charge. Now, I certainly am not going to Douglas to get one of these copies. I certainly wouldn't pay for it. And that's only a poor effort, that, because people that's, well, like me, that says you might as well get rid of the bishop and the the whole of Ledgeco anyway, Um, they can't do anything until they get one of these forms. Uh, So it's not a a fair thing, I don't think. Uh, It's on, uh, yeah, it's on, it's certainly, it's uh, the Ramsey MHK Laurie Hoopers, it's on his website, you can see it, you can find out about it, as you say. Yeah, well, I can't do anything with the website because I haven't got any gear for that. But I can I can phone Laurie and tell him to get me a form or whatever I've got. Well, to they, get. I'm sure I'm sure Mr. Hooper would do that. He'll do that for me. 
So, well, I won't uh, t- vote for him again. Yeah, so tell me. <laughs> well, he did top the poll in, in Ramsey. So uh, so tell me, I mean, your, what's your position then regarding the, the, the bishop and, well, Legco as well? Well, the, the bishop is, is not for this. He shouldn't have a vote. That's fair enough, straight away, because uh, he'll be biased to what he just wants to think himself. Um, it's unfair that we have a Christian bishop in there when we've got all this multinational, uh, we call emotional national nation now. We've got all these different people in the Isle of Man, so they should have a representative to represent them. But the thing is, that's too many, so we're not going to do that. It's going to cost too much. So you take the bishop out of it, and then it's all fair again then. Um, no, I I think Anlegeco, it's made up of people straight off the street, uh, one or two from the government, but um, they're only ordinary people, and they're their opinion. But we have 24 MHKs, which we've elected, because we've listened to what they've said that they're going to do. Yeah. And, of course, when they get in there, well... They don't do anything because they 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 put in with the boys and that's it. We we got to keep our nose clean now. Um, so uh, I, I I think Legco should be throw it all together for what good it is. Oh, it's just a very expensive you, uh, exercise. You don't think it should be? They should be all island politicians and they go on the vote as well. So when we have a general election, you you vote in Legco as well. No, I don't see any use for LegCo, because I asked one time, what does actually LegCo do? And what it is, is we have these 24 MHKs, they come up with an idea. Then LegCo says, oh, that's a good idea. Yes, we'll take that on, or we'll talk about that. Or it's a case of, no, that's no good, throw it out. And they're making the decisions, not the 24 MHKs. They're out of it, then. It's up to Legco what's going to happen. OK. Right, Wolf, I'll let you go and get an Elder Statesman cup of tea. That's the one. That's the one. Oh, right. right. Thanks for that. Oh. Good to talk to you. Uh, so from an Elder Statesman, I want to go to uh, broadcasting aristocracy, possibly royalty. Roy Moore's on the phone. Hi, Roy. Yes, good afternoon, everybody. I was very impressed with Howard's contribution uh, earlier on about the the lime trees they are down on Porta uh, Much part of uh, my life, really, to be fair, because uh, obviously before we got involved as an elder statesman of broadcasting the TT and the Manx Grand Prix, we were an ordinary spectator. And that was the route to Braddon Bridge. It was also the scene of many, many photographs because halfway along that road on the the quarter bridge to Braddon Strait was a a known jump, uh, very much like Belig and Balagarrigan. And the riders used to have the front wheel up in the air there and there's some tremendous shots of uh, Lorenzetti and all the top men there with the front wheel in the air. It was due to a culvert which ran through Port she meadow and those of you who are new to the island might not realize that Portashee Meadow, where on the right-hand side as you leave Quarter Bridge, was once a golf course. 
a nine-hole golf course, which was increased to 18, and that was part of the Drinkwater Kirby Estate as well. 1891 that opened, and so it's celebrating quite a number of years. And it's, it's, it's strange, really, that the original land that the course ran on can still be used uh, or still be, it could be reinstated if possible because I think there's been a couple of houses put there, but from the old drill hall, that was the original clubhouse that went to Quarter Bridge by that gate that Howard mentioned. It was timber back then. And the little plaque, yes, we've, we've, we've looked at that many times and certainly it's uh, part of the history of, uh, of my life. Uh, that that row of trees planted, I, I wouldn't have known, but I have read the plaque, and we always mention it if we're doing a lap of the TT course because of the connection between the royalty of 1935 and then at the Oak at Braddon Bridge. It's kind of a link, really. And I totally agree with Howard. They've been neglected, and they should be kind of looked after to a certain extent. In the early days when they were planted, there was huge metal... Uh, protection around them for obvious reasons and I think that was removed at some point for the for the, the trunk to expand but certainly it's part and parcel of the part of the TT history and as you quite rightly said uh, many of the photographs that have been taken show the riders accelerating away and there's nothing better than an early morning practice to go down to Quarter Bridge and hear the likes of John Surtees and the boys coming down down through the box into Quarter Bridge round and then up through the box away to Braddon Bridge. So I totally agree with Howard, whether for, for right or wrong, I think it's for the right really, that it would only take maybe a day or a couple of days to bring them back into a, a very, very good state as it were and to continue on for them to be growing upwards and onwards and giving us more oxygen into the system and all the things that go with trees but the history of them is uh, pretty unique that's fantastic roy uh, i could listen to you all day roy uh, and i think i'm sure everybody listening now we could listen to you all day how's life at the moment with you roy good and honest. as long as my me elbows on touch and wood when I wake up in the morning I'm quite happy but uh, we're going along this pension uh, job is quite good uh, the hours are good but the, the money's rubbish but by the same time we're coping alright fantastic thanks for calling today Roy all the best good to hear from you it's 25 past 12 Beastie's on now uh, you've got an answer I think Beastie haven't you I have for the elder statesman and <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For Wilf and anybody else who is computer free, if you go into the library in Ramsey and presumably any other town, they will provide you with a paper copy. And this particular one on the bishop, it's only got three or four questions on it anyway. And if you fill it in, Laurie Hooper's got a surgery there on Saturday, so Wilf can drop it into him then. But the, at one time when a lot of people didn't have computers, there was always paper copies, and you could always get the paper copies from the library. Well, now they don't provide them with the paper copies, but they will run them off for you. Okay, all right, that's great. So Have anybody you, did you do it online or did you do a paper no, copy? No, how am I going to do it online? Oh, I see, right, okay. With my wind-up gramophone. <laughs> all right.
right. Okay. I mean, that's the technology I'm on. You know that very well. All right. BC, thanks for that. Thanks, Problem Solver Supreme. Thank you. OK, bye. 26 minutes past 12. Yes, as Beastie mentioned, there are political surgeries uh, this weekend. Actually, three, because lots of politicians have their surgeries on the second Saturday of the month. So there is a political surgery in Ramsey Town Hall on the first floor for uh, Dr. Allenson and Mr. Hooper. Simply drop in from 10 till midday. In Arbury Castle Town and Maloo, it's in uh, Maloo this time. It's in Colby Methodist Church Hall from 10 to 11.30 with Jason Morehouse and Tim Glover. And on Saturday, Douglas Central constituency uh, meet Anne Corlett and Chris Thomas from 2 till 4 Saturday afternoon at All Saints Church Hall in Alexander Drive. So Saturday, it's 10 to midday, Ramsey, 10 to 11.30, Arbury Castle Town and Maloo, and 2 till 4 for uh, Douglas Central All Saints Church Hall. And I notice uh, that uh, All Saints Church has now been sold. Apparently, there's planning permission in for it to be a gym. I'm not ta- I'm not kidding. It's a gym. Research into I know research into possible fluoridation of the island's water supplies are expected to be published soon. Critics have been making their voice heard. Now we've talked about fluoridation, possible fluoridation of the island man's water supply many times. In April of last year, Council of Ministers tasked the public health with compiling a paper looking into the pros and cons of such a move, and there are questions over whether the government's intention to reduce dental decay in children will be effective, i.e. do you, if you like, mass-medicate the island because of children eating too many sweets. Before public health even published their report, though, the petitioner, Ian Mack, has already pulled together 500 signatures for those people who are Keen. This isn't the first time this has happened. It's happened twice before. I'm confident that history will repeat itself for the third time in a row. I don't think that the MHKs really appreciate, first of all, the level of opposition from Islanders to the proposal. But I also don't think MHKs appreciate what water fluoridation actually means. In fact, very few people appreciate what water fluoridation means. Everyone assumes it means adding fluoride to the water, and they assume that it's similar to what's added to most toothpastes nowadays. That's not the case. The fluoride that's added to toothpaste is pharmaceutical-grade fluoride, which is completely different to what's added to the water supplies. What's added to the water supplies is actually something called fluorosilicic acid, and it's listed by the World Health Organization and also the UN as being highly toxic. I am looking at the World Health Organization's publication at the moment, but it doesn't say it's toxic. It says if too much is consumed, uh, that it has toxic effects. Uh, It is classified, though, as a chemical of concern, but only if an inadequate amount is consumed or if it's ingested in excess quantities. Uh, So that's not entirely ruling out fluoridation of water, is it? No. Proponents of water fluoridation would say that it's perfectly acceptable to ingest a toxic chemical so long as the dose is small enough. Now, there are many opponents who would disagree with that, but one of the problems with water fluoridation is that the dose cannot be controlled. If you think about it, the water ingested by a baby 
um, in terms of dosage is completely different in terms of what's ingested by a grown adult, simply because of the huge difference in, in, in physical size. Also, some people drink a lot more water than others. So there's no way to control the dose that people are actually getting. And lastly, what are you hoping for as the outcome of this petition? I'm hoping to give the, the islanders the opportunity to make their views known. So I would encourage everyone to do their own research if they're in opposition to make their view known by signing the online petition. There is Ian Mack, uh, the petitioner who's got just over 500 signatures against the water fluoridation. If you've got any thoughts, do get in touch. Gary's on now. Hi, Gary. Hello. Um, yeah, I'd just like to agree with Howard and Roy about the lime trees at Quarterbridge. And, of course, the, the thing that actually made them fa- even more famous was when they were in the film No Limit, because the first thing you see was uh, George Formby, when he, he goes along, is the row of lime trees. Because I think they were... The film was 35 or 36. I would, you know, Gary, I'd hazard a guess that 90% of people who drive down that road either way never even notice them. They're just there, aren't they? And it's one of those, you wouldn't know what you've got until, you know, if there were any problem with them. So something we have to look after. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling today, Gary. Yeah, thanks. I uh, never thought we would. Obviously, if we talk about No Limits, obviously the doyen of the TT set uh, was on. It was great to hear Roy Moy uh, uh, earlier on. Uh, If you want that Laurie Hooper consultation, by the way, his website is lhooperiom.com. lhooperiom.com. Uh, and also with the release of the COVID, uh, the COVID report, says Andrew, uh, I know you're going to get the usual conspiracy and anti-vax discussion <laughs> upcoming um, over the next few days. I'd just like to say there were over a thousand yellow card reports from the Isle of Man. How many of them were short term side effects? When I went for vax number one, they asked us to report any side effects, no matter what the yellow uh, to the yellow card website. I had a sore arm, headache and chills, which I reported. I'm not vaccine injured, as they like to say. How many other people reported minor side effects? I have no doubt there are some people who had genuine long-term effects from the COVID vaccine. The list, uh, the risk list covered possible effects, but I don't believe it's as many as people want you to believe, says Andrew. Well, that COVID, have you, have you gone through the 3,600 pages yet? Discover a fabulous range of watches, gifts and jewellery at Ramsey Art Gallery with top brand watches from Belova, City an eco drive and storm to Acura, Seconda, and Timex. Plus, all watch purchases come with free lifetime watch bracelet adjustment service. There's stunning gold and silver jewelry, gifts for all occasions, and of course, a fabulous gallery of limited edition prints and original artworks. Find all this and more at Ramsey Art Gallery Jewelers and Engravers, opposite Ramsey RNLI Shop. There's a new way to Subway with two fantastic menus. Which will you go for? The all-new Subway series with 15 irresistible creations like the Big Bombay Sub, Great Goddess Salad, Emperor Wrap and Big Cheese Steak Sub Melt. Or create your own. You pick the ingredients you want and build your own sub, salad or wrap the way you want it. There's a great mix of healthy and indulgent menu items available from Subway and ShopRite, Peel and Port Erin. We're here for you, inside your home, inside your workplace and especially inside your vehicle. 
And as a Manx-owned company for over 95 years, we take great pride in being here for you with every journey you make across our island and even beyond. So make the right choice. Choose Manx Petroleum. Whatever you drive, our range of premium road fuels are formulated to deliver the very best for your vehicle. Manx Petroleum, always here for you. Check out our website, mp.im. The Ramsey Garden Centre seasonal sale is now on. Featuring a huge range of seasonal items at up to 50% off. Don't delay, grab a bargain today. There's never been a better time to visit Ramsey Garden Centre. Open seven days a week on Albert Road, Ramsey. The Manx Gaelic, the mother tongue of Alan Vanin, the Isle of Man. You can catch up with more of Manx Radio's Manx language programmes in the weekly podcast Abershan Rish. Say that again. Shane, that's the one. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. First of I, good afternoon. Nick uh, dropped me a note to say the wallabies are a bit creepy. They just stand there and eye you. It rem- reminds me of the rabbit in Donnie Darko, the film. That was, yeah, thank you, Nick. Have you spotted... You, I mean, if you live in the north of the island and, and, and uh, people who live elsewhere will want to know, is this a daily occurrence? If you live out in the sticks, in the, in the Currucks, do you see... I mean, do these things just go lolloping along the road? Do they, do they watch you? Do they stand there taking notes? What do they do? What sort of life do they live? Here's a message in and a WhatsApp from 085 just saying, Andy, the bishop should have a vote. And let me remind you, says this uh, anonymous... Oh, it's John in Laxey, Big John. Uh, let me remind you, we're predominantly a Christian nation. And if it wasn't for Christians, the Vikings would have ruled us longer. It's only our Christian beliefs that kept the fight against evils in life. Plus, the question has to be asked, is Mr. Hooper, Mr. Allenson, uh, Joni Farragher, are they atheists? And is, there, is this their own personal crusade to dissolve Christian beliefs in Tinwald? We've not heard that so far. I think uh, Mr. I don't want to speak for Mr. Hooper. I think just to paraphrase him, he just thinks that the position of the bishop or the voting, the vote in our democracy of the the position of the bishop um, is uh, slightly anachronistic. That's his view. Um, it has to be said, though, I mean, it's, it's really not arguable that we are becoming a more secular society. Fewer people go to church. There are many more churches around the Isle of Man, different churches, different religions around the Isle of Man. So does the bishop represent everyone, that faith, all faiths, people with no faiths? And at the moment, we have an interim uh, bishop. We're in an interregnum before the, uh, the, the Diocese of York gives us uh, a bishop for Soda and Mam. Anyway, thoughts on this. Some people, and again, lots of people are just saying to me, uh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this when uh, there is so much more that w- than we can be bothered about? Why are we paying expensive for expensive parliamentary time to even do this? Anyway, if you want to get in touch, you want to speak to Mr. Hooper, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to uh, have a chat with you in Ramsey on Saturday, 10 to midday at the first floor at Ramsey Town Hall. It's the Ramsey Constituency MHK Political Surgery with Dr. Dr. Rallinson and Laurie Hooper. Uh, and also, uh, here's a message. Could you give 
me the link to the fluoride petition, says uh, Jill. If you go to manxradio.com, Jill, there is a link through to the fluoride petition uh, from our website. So if you go to manxradio.com. Mo- many people don't go to church, but we are good Christian people who believe in God, says John. And again, this is I mean, something you can debate all day long. Do you have to be Christian to go to church? And if you go to church, are you Christian? And should all Christians go to church? It depends, of course, how you define Christian and what, what, what Christian being Christian. You can espouse Christian values and not necessarily go to church. And of course, we're conflating all these things together. Being a Christian, espousing Christian values, going to church and whether or not the bishop should have a vote in Timwald. Is this all one continuum? Is it, you know, does, does it all link to the same thing? Anyway, they're going to be debating. And Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Hi, you all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Did you go last night? I did, yep. Yep, it was um, uh, quite a good meeting. First of all, I think we're actually getting through to people that everybody should sort of take an interest in this because it is uh, concerning the whole island, not just people in Aristain and so on. Well, let's a new but, readers start here then. This was it was at the Manx Ornithological Society meeting last night about the impact of wind turbines. Well, it was all said that um, that that actually set up the meeting, but it was to do with the Ornithon- Ornithological Society. Um, but prior to it all, the place was packed, by the way, which is what I was saying about we're getting through the interest. Um, that's working. The first section was uh, more or less telling us about what Orsted are planning in the Irish Sea. And they gave us diagrams, graphs and everything about it all. Uh, and then there was a questionnaire at the end of it, of course, and people were saying this, that and the other. So some questions that popped up with, with things that I hadn't even thought about, which was the heading fishing fleet and things like that, you know. Um, and uh, they were guaranteeing that they cannot stop any fishing in between all of these turbines. And I didn't know that, you know, so that was quite interesting. I mean, but would you want to be fishing between the turbines? Is there enough room to be casting a net? Well, I don't really know, but, what you know, these are what people are now asking questions about this, that, and the other sort of thing. I mean, one guy, once that subject got brought up, one guy said that the minute you see one of them uh, boats hauling the nets, they are followed by about six six or seven hundred birds. And if they're going anywhere near a wind turbine, then, <laughs> they could, you know, that could be mass sort of slaughter, couldn't yeah. it? I don't know, you know, but the main thing is to get everything distu- discussed and it's topical again and again and again, which is what we want. What was the mood of the meeting like, uh, Eddie? It seemed very good, very good. Um, a lot of people were... I've got to keep saying this, uh, and I hate it. It riles a lot of people when when we get this spiel of green energy. It's not green energy at all. We know it's not green energy, and I think they should all start saying it's an alternative energy. 
which, which is exactly what it is. I mean, the, the guy last night conducting it from Orsted even said himself that maybe by about 65, 2065, we may have found a way to get rid of the the um, the turbines and things. They cannot be recycled, you see. So, again, that's why they're not green. But he was even admitting himself that it could take till 2065 before they find out a way of getting rid of them. You know, loads of things like that. So maybe in the future we could say uh, it's an alternative way, right? And if it is an alternative way, why are the government not looking at all the other alternatives, right? And we know what they are, so that's my thought for today. Alternative, not green. OK, all right, Eddie, appreciate that. Cheers. Thanks for calling today. Here's a message in from 566 who says that if All Saints Church is going to be converted into a gym, will they be doing cross trainers? I'm sure they will. Uh, let's get to uh, Betty's on now. Hi, Betty. Hi, Andy. I just want to say I'm an atheist. But I do believe that we should abide by the Christian values because I think the Christian religion is probably the best one around. And it get, I don't want people to be atheists in particular because if they're Christians, they have hope for uh, the future, for an afterlife, which I don't have. Um, and I think, why are we making all this fuss about the bishop? I don't understand it. I really don't. So do you, do you think that we, the, the bishop should retain a vote in, uh, in Legco, in Timwald? Yes, I don't see why not. And I, I uh, actually think we should carry on being a, a Christian country, a Christian island, as long as possible. OK, all right. Thanks for that, uh, Betty. Good to hear from you. I got a message in from uh, Dustin who says, uh, just regarding the bishop, remember, uh, the bishop uh, has spent a lifetime learning about life. A lot of people in Legco, in my opinion, says Dustin, haven't learned about life. So surely, and also the bishop isn't on anybody's payroll. He's not, uh, you know, no, not working for, for, well, I suppose he's on the stipend, isn't he? He's working for the, uh, the Diocese of Soda and Mam. But uh, we get the point anyway. So do you think that uh, having the bishop with a vote in Tinwald is the right thing to do? And obviously this is something that Laurie Hooper's got this consultation out. And you can find out more by either seeing Mr. Hooper, getting in touch with him. I'm sure I'm sure he'd send you a copy of, uh, of the consultation. Uh, Juan's on yesterday. Hi, Juan. Hey, Andy, how are you today? Well, I'm just uh, I'm battling my way through it at the moment. Everybody's asking me. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. Uh, it, it was about, now, who is it? Somebody's asking me about the, the Hairpin Woodland Park. Apparently, they sent a message in yesterday, yesterday saying, what's happening to the Hairpin? Do you know what the Hairpin Woodland Park is? Pass on that one. You know I'll, where? I'll leave, I'll leave. You know that they... I'll leave that to investigate. It's, it's the Hairpin by... Um, 
uh, by uh, no, 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 the the hairpin at the bottom of um, Hillbury down there, the one that goes onto Glencrutchery Road. You know, the little bit that's open for TT and closed for the rest of the year, where the bikes go around. That little hairpin that's got it's a it's a woodland in there, and apparently Manx Wildlife Trust are responsible for it. And apparently this guy says I didn't ask yesterday, but I was just it was very busy yesterday. So oh any, right, yeah. Anybody oh, knows uh, about the hairpin woodland park? Tell me all about it. I was on hold right at the end. I wasn't going to phone in, actually, but there was a couple of things there that um, Lee Morris said that I, I wanted to come on about. But um, and I, I was very concerned about um, Pete slipping on the headland. I hope he's all right. Did he hurt himself? No, I think he's just badly bruised. He's badly bruised. Well, um, seriously, Eddie, Eddie did have a point on that yesterday about what was happening in the Shetlands with the Pete and everything um, and, and concerning the wind turbine. So... There was definitely a point to be made there yesterday. Um, and just quickly, we're talking about um, uh, just going off tack a little bit there on, on the, um, the the bishop again. And I'm just interested, um, if, if, if Laurie Hooper was um, saying this to the Muslim society or the Jewish society, I'm wondering how we'd fare with his, um, his, his little thing there. Because Christianity seems to be the only one that's under attack at the moment. <laughs> I, I passed a church the other day. It was that busy that they actually had the police outside letting the people out of their cars onto the road after the service. So <laughs> we seem to be in a minority of trying to get rid of our um, our, our Christianity views where right. um, the Muslims are <laughs> pretty big. I don't think he'd go down well there if he was saying what he was saying. Anyway, back to um, um, Lee Morris yesterday. And the um, Manx Wildlife Trust, and lots of talk about keeping our nature, um, keeping nature's voice, keeping what we've got. Um, it concerned me when he was talking to Julian, and he brought up a few points um, on um, his views or the Wildlife Trust views on wind turbines. Sorry to touch on that one again. But my point on this was um, he, uh, he is part of the Wildlife Trust. Um, and the Wildlife Trust is for wildlife and the preserving of animals and birds, etc. But he seemed to yesterday indicate that his views, along with the Wildlife Trust views, were predominantly supporting wind turbines over wildlife. Did I hear that right? Um, it was a very nuanced opinion. What he said was that obviously they are going to watch very carefully what happens and the consultation. And obviously, as you said, the, the Manx Wildlife Trust are there to conserve. I mean, they're the oldest uh, you know wildlife thing on, on the Isle of Man. Um, 28 na nature reserves they look after. So I think he said that in principle, they support, um, if you like, green alternatives or... You know, that sort of stuff, if you like, sustainable energy, let's call it. They, yeah. uh, but obviously, if it impacts nature reserves, they're going to look at it very carefully. So um, I, I think I'm paraphrasing him rightly. Anyway, if I do him a disservice, I apologize. Yeah, and it, it it was just the way that it was spoken. It kind of was concerning. And friends of the earth are the same. We had conversations with them in the summer, and they very all seem to be aligned to the the wind turbine thing over 
their actual, you know, he's a, he's a charity. And looking last night, actually, give me more time to look into it last night. I think he, um, they're supported this year by the Alamand Chamber of Trust, which I think is supported by Deloitte's and these people who are all marketing the SGs, by the way. Um, so I'm wondering if their, you know, if, if their um, charity is, is slightly swayed by the money that they're getting from these companies that are supporting, the, you know, environmental social governance. Um, it was just the, the, the way that he spoke yesterday. Um, it suggested that, um, you know, their, their actual support could be slightly compromised um, by supporting wind turbines. Just just my thought how it came out. I don't know how it came out to you, Andy. OK, I've got to go because Peter Kelly's going to be on shortly. We're bringing Peter Kelly well, back. You've got all the stalwarts on today, Andy. They're See all you later. about 11 minutes before one now. Hospice Isle of Man's lottery is now bigger and better than ever before. With huge rollover jackpots of up to £10,000 and 32 guaranteed cash prizes to be won every single month for just £5 a ticket. What are you waiting for? It's the fun, easy way to support hospice and the people we care for. So sign up now at hospice.org.im lottery or call 672222. Players must be 16 or over. See website for terms and conditions. Step into Office World, the island's largest fully stocked stationery store, where there's over 5,000 items on display to take away. From pens, paper, inks and toners to general stationery, adhesives and batteries, you can get what you need right now from Office World. With all the big brands, including Pilot, Pentel, Sellotape, Duracell, Gorilla, Pucker Pads and more. Office World is conveniently located on Spring Valley Industrial Estate, with easy parking right outside Side the door. Office world. Everyone's more conscious of energy usage nowadays. So Manx Utilities has begun installing smart meters for standard domestic customers island-wide. With our smart living app available too, you'll be in control of tracking and managing your energy. No need to contact us. We'll be in touch when we're ready to fit your smart meter. Visit the Smarter Living page at manxutilities.im. Manx Utilities, delivering a smarter future. In 1964, Manx Radio was born. Right the way through this momentous year, we are marking the nation station's 60th birthday. On Monday and Friday, the Man in Line closes with a revealing dip into the archives. On Wednesday's Man in Line, we revisit the architectural gems revealed over the years by Kelly's Eye. And Kelly's Eye will be on Gullah's Gargan at 5 on Sunday. And you can subscribe to all of our anniversary content online. Go to the podcast series 60 Years Serving the Nation at manxradio.com. Manx Radio at 60, born to broadcast, happy to help. The Man in Line. With Andy Wint. Here's Tommy now. Hi, Tommy. Hey, Andy. I think you're running out of time, mate. I'll come back on tomorrow. No, you got a minute. Oh, you've gone. Oh, no, what we also have to do is tell you, uh, regarding this fluoridation thing, the Interim Deputy Director of Public Health, uh, Dr. Amerson, Torian Amerson, uh, has got a word. So, at the moment, they have no plans, all right? This is the official word regarding fluoridation of water. This exploration is part of a wider piece of work which aims to reduce tooth decay and dental issues in children, which includes running a supervised toothbrushing program and a number of actions that are set out in the Amalgamated Dental and Oral Health Strategy for Children. 
Well, that's the official word then, an oral dental strategy for children. Well said, Betty, says John. I'm deeply concerned that their move, uh, there's more to the bishop's vote than meets the eye. I'm concerned that Joni Farragher wants religious education taken out of schools. Uh, how dangerous our politicians are, says uh, John. Well, uh, all I'll point out to you, John, is Joni Farragher is a publicly elected official. She's a Douglas East MHK. She got a public vote. She was elected, so she has an agenda. You can't blame politicians for having agendas, surely. I mean, it wasn't in anybody's manifesto, I have to say. I'd like to add my findings about water quality. I find nitrates and higher acid pHs in the water supply before Christmas, after the heavy rains. So when I did water changes to fish tanks before I went away, the fish tanks, I thought it would be OK, but after a few days, it killed my fish. So when I came back, I did investigations. So adding more acidic levels into the water supply for fluoride can't be good for anything so we need to inform all animal lovers to be aware of and the water of the water treatment process this needs to be made much clearer so we can prevent livestock loss if the water levels are changed too much does this affect the agricultural water supplies well yeah i mean every, if we're going to fluoridate the water supply then everybody's going to get it I've asked Claire Barber for an update on the water treatment process, but higher acid levels in the water supply does affect fish. Thank you, Woody, for that. Good to hear from you. We didn't get to the uh, the Sistra report, by the way, on uh, heritage railways, but one of the headlines is uh, railways produce a wider economic benefit of £17 million a year. They were saying that for every pound put in... It's about £3 return as an asset to the economy, as an important cultural and historic asset. So, anyway, we're open line tomorrow, Thursday, so you want to get in touch, by all means do. Next week on Man in Line, former Garth MHK, Martin Perkins will be on with the wit and wisdom of Mr Perkins. Oh, and thanks to Chris Quirk on the phones today. W-I-N-T years serving you as the nation station. This is Manx Radio. Peter, what's Kelly's eye looking at today? People pass this in cars at a frantic speed along here and uh, the people who go in and out are uh, more intent on what they do inside. Must be a church. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a pub. And uh, we come back to South Quay, and we're looking at the Trafalgar Public House, is what it says above the door. Uh, We're here at night, as we usually are. It's got floodlights on, so therefore it shows up that, in fact, it's built out of brick and not out of stone. Yes. Um, I can't date it. It's... um, It's very old, isn't it? Oh, it's not very, very old. Oh, not very, very um, The plans in Douglas Corporation archive go back to 1887, and it's not in, so it's before that. But it has all the hallmarks of being designed by Horrocks and Lomas, who were in the 1880s, probably for Oakle. Um, Suzanne Cubbon refers to when it was here in 1857, 
but it wasn't that building. It certainly wasn't that building because the preserved potato works came into this corner. Oh, really? And I reckon when that and some of the adjoining old warehouses uh, were demolished, that's when this was actually put up. Oh, so yes. I, I'd put it in the 1880s. It looks as if it's had an extension piece on one end as well, doesn't it? Yes, I almost inclined to say that the piece on one end has been a separate building which has yeah. been taken into it because the floor levels are different now if yeah. they were extending they would obviously carry through at the same floor level it's, it's almost an independent building it's not a very big pub and for a number of years this was the um, Douglas Yacht and Motorboat Club um, clubhouse and they I think put toilets and things and showers in on the ground floor where of course at one time there was a bar uh, and they had their club rooms upstairs. Well, now the pub, uh, it would appear, has got toilets and no doubt still showers uh, on the ground floor, and the pub itself is at first floor level. And on a number of occasions when I was going up to the camera obscura in the summer, there's a door on the back onto Gasworks Hill, yes. um, which is open when they're cleaning it, and on the door it says, keep this door closed. <laughs> <laughs> Part of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.